It's DTS-151, and today we're talking about Destiny 2's hybrid network system. Every activity hosted by a server. No more host migrations ever. We'll also hit on the new weapon foundry, weapon mods, new strange dust currency, trials of the nine game mode, and a whole lot more. You're listening to Destiny The Show. What's good, everybody, and welcome back to Destiny the Show, the Destiny news podcast to keep you, the Guardian, ahead of the curve in the world of Destiny. My name is BBK Dragoon, and I'm joined, as always, by my great co-host, Diddy. Happy Memorial Day, dude. How you doing? I'm doing very well on this happy, happy holiday. I am in the office, though, monitoring that help desk queue, but got some time to break away to, to just sit down and talk about some Destiny Ooh, some nice juicy news that we got on the last week's This Week at Bungie article that we'll talk about a little bit later on. I'm actually really, really excited for this show. The news is flowing. We're going to be talking about dedicated servers. Well, it's a hybrid system, Diddy, and they were pretty open and forthcoming about revealing why they made the decision to go with the system that they did. Really looking forward to talking about that later in the show. We're going to talk about the new Trials of the Nine, which is the title of the new Trials of Osiris tons of information just been leaking all over the place it's a good time to be a destiny fan i've been playing on the playstation 4 dude rolling up a new character so much fun i've been streaming it the gearing up process the leveling the whole thing was just like this perfect reminder of the fun experience that i had so i want to encourage any of our listeners if you haven't been like playing destiny and you want something fun try rolling an alt it's been pretty good for me what have you been up to Man, I've just been working on my gun, mouse and keyboard skill <laughs> for in preparation for Destiny 2 on the PC. And uh, I've been participating in your streams, uh, your streams and our friend uh, Jim. He's been streaming Destiny as well over on the PlayStation. And, you know, it's almost convincing me to uh, get Rise of Iron expansion on the PlayStation to uh, to join you there. But uh, almost it's there. still not discounted. I'm no, it's, it's still away. not discounted. It's it's thirty dollars for just Rise of Iron, and it's forty dollars for the collection. Why? And, uh, Whoever it, at Activision yeah. is dropping the ball, guys. <laughs> Seriously, twenty bucks, you get the whole thing. Come try Destiny before Destiny Two. It would work. It it would totally work. Yeah, I think so. I think that would be great. Yep. Not gonna happen. All right, man. <laughs> we've got a lot to talk about. Let's dive into the news. News. All right, starting off, Diddy, at E3, which is coming just in a few weeks, actually, Destiny 2 PC capture will be happening for a certain amount of folks. I know more console and a couple of the other big YouTubers are heading to E3 specifically to capture some Destiny 2 PC footage. This will be the first PC footage that we've seen captured from the actual rig. We've seen some shots of people playing it over the shoulder with somebody filming them, but oh my goodness, I cannot wait to see this. It looks so good. Oh, I'm frothing at the mouth over this one, dude. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> of course, we we want to see how it runs. We've we've heard people talk about you know it's so good, it feels so smooth, and it runs really well at 60 FPS and all this. We haven't seen it for ourselves really, so I'm really excited to see one how they're capturing it at the event, what, what kind of system they use there, and also how YouTube's going to play it back. You know, we also have you know the different gaming um, video game articles or companies like IGN, those types of folks that will have their own video streaming as well. So if YouTube deteriorates the quality, we'll have those 
examples as well. So I'm really excited to see just how good it's going to look. Yes. So I bet they're going to be running the same system, 7700s with GTX 1080 Ti's. Oh, that's pretty ridiculous, dude. Running yeah, the game yeah, 4K. That is so high-end. <laughs> yeah, and we're Don't actually, we talked about this this week. When we get a little bit closer to the beta, because we do know that PC is going to be a part of that beta, we're going to talk a little bit about different builds that you can put together, specifically you, Diddy, where you're mm-hmm. going to outline, here's a low-end build, a mid-end build, and a high-end build. The different price points, because nobody needs to go in and throw $2,000 at a rig just because, oh, that's what I need to play Destiny 2 successfully. Now, we're going to know a little bit more once that beta arrives later this summer. Yeah, exactly. Those talks will be focused at different price points, you know, something that's comparable to current generation consoles, and then medium budget, and then a high-end budget if you're doing capture and streaming as well. So we'll get those talks all set up, and we'll let you know when that happens. A really great 17-minute interview with Mark Noseworthy from the LA Reveal was uploaded by a games journalist named Paris this week onto YouTube. I was turned onto it by seeing like the, a more console video showing up in my suggested video feed. And there were a couple of things when I combed through there that really stood out to me. The first of all, Diddy, we know that public events are going to be able to be like seen on the map. It's going to show you when they're happening and where they're at. But it was also revealed there are going to be heroic public events, which basically is a mm. secret way to complete the public event, which will net you better loot, i.e. think about what you mentioned last week, an alternate way to complete the mission for a different reward. Kind of speculate. What do you think they're going to probably be doing with these? That's, I, you know, I think you could do something like the public event, you complete a certain action, like kill a certain boss within a certain amount of time, and it unlocks like this extra not dungeon, but like room. Think of the loot cave uh, in Skywatch right now. Um, it just kind of opens that door and more enemies come out and behind those enemies are like a, a gold chest where you have an extra reward. That's how I think it could work. You know, something that you do within that regular public event triggers that heroic mode, makes it a little bit more difficult with that extra loot. That'd be really, really cool. I'm really excited to see how they actually do that. Yeah, and something they also mentioned in the interview was that every map is going to have multiple landing zones. So you get to pick where you want to land on these new, much larger patrol spaces. And when an activity is happening, you can actually set waypoints on the map. So if you're having trouble finding how to get to the farm or finding how to get to this area where your teammates are at, you can set the waypoint. We we do have a waypoint system in Destiny 1, but it's sort of just, it's it's based off of like forks in the road. Go left here, go right here, follow the little gray diamond at the top of your map. Whereas I think this one might be a little bit more detailed. What really got me excited, Diddy, is just thinking about how in Destiny 2, we're never really going to be just sitting in orbit chilling. I'm sure that's going to be an option if you want it to, but it's like World of Warcraft now, where you're continually in the world doing something. When we're waiting for that strike to load or for our buddy to get on, I'm probably going to be on the European dead zone doing something, right? The new adventure or public events <laughs> or public events. You're going to be in that world all the time. I'm not going to pull up my map to load into orbit and then go to the tower. I might just get on my sparrow and ride over to the farm. I might be close enough at that point. We're just going to be walking into our public space instead of loading into it. And that got me really excited. Do you kind of get what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like we're always going to be in the world playing, doing something. Yeah, it feels more like a living world instead of having all these doors that we have to go through just to get to where we want to go. Like you said, going to the tower after 
a strike, getting all those engrams. Maybe once that strike concludes, we can just, you know, like you said, sparrow on over to the farm. And I guess the farm, what you're saying is like the outpost where humanity has has con- g- gathered, you know, after the, the tower goes down and the last cities get burned by the cabal. So it just makes it more of a living and social world and really hits home with, uh, you know, Bungie's ideal shared world shooter. Yeah. Our, our public spaces are going to be no longer segregated by a loading screen or something that it feels really far, like the tower just feels far and away. doesn't feel connected to hardly anything at all. Now, 50% of people who hit level 40 never rated. We heard that in the presentation, but Mark Noseworthy in this interview went on to say it's more than 50% because there were a lot of year one players who never even pushed on to level 40. So that to me, Diddy, at first I'm like, wow, 50% of people didn't actually raid. But that's impressive that 50% of the player base actually put together friends who were <laughs> end game light level to at least attempt a raid. Don't you see it as somewhat encouraging for a game that didn't have a ton of social features? Yeah, it's it's remarkable. You know, all the third party you know, platforms that allowed you to find those fire teams, just like all those LFG sites out there. And now Destiny 2 is going to be so much more accessible. And I love that with the with the guided games and the clan features as well. But rating a Destiny, you and I have said it multiple times. It is probably the best content out there right now. Shooter yep. on the console, just rating in general. It's so great. And in Destiny 2, it's going to be way more accessible. And I cannot wait Oh, man, to do new raids. Raids always excite me, you know, always have that new challenge ahead and those puzzles and those boss fights. And it's just, oh, man, it's I'm so excited. It takes all the elements of Destiny and what makes Destiny unique and then elevates it to a point where no other game is doing it in a shooter form. Right. Raids exist in MMOs, but there is no other shooter out right now that has that kind of experience. And that is why you see like hundreds of thousands watching raids on day one Twitch, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's why, you know, they wanted it more accessible, right? Because they want to show off to more people what Destiny is and what it's capable of. That's always like the heartbreak question, right? Anytime I have a friend who's like, yeah, I bought Destiny, got really bored of it, man. I just put it down. And then you ask him, well, where'd you get to? What level? Oh, 26, (laughs) 27. Did you ever raid? No. And you're like... Your heart breaks the moment they say no, because like the first time you raid, you're like, I get it. I get it. I understand destiny. I totally get this thing. This is amazing. Like everybody has that experience, I feel like. And so when you're like, oh, dude, if you would have just tried Vault of Glass, I know you would be hooked. So and and that's it makes a good point. You know, it reminded me, you know, when Destiny originally came out, all the reviews came out before the raid was accessible. Right. And then once the raid became accessible to all the players it was like oh yeah i get it now (laughs) Mm -hmm. some of the modes that really sealed the deal for destiny came later on past the the initial release which we'll talk about in a second in this interview paris asks mark noseworthy why the switch to 4v4 in pvp why make that the decision that you guys are building all the default game types around 4v4 and i'm going to read a quote here from mark It makes PvP more learnable, more watchable, encourages teamwork, and ultimately leads us to a place where we can make a more competitive PvP game. When the team size shrinks, you have less people to worry about. 
It's easier to coordinate right. It's easier to understand what's happening on the battlefield when you get killed. There's only four enemies that are potentially killing you. End quote. And he goes on to comment that they have a more detailed skill feed or kill feed, which we talked about last week with the Reachway. They have increased the time to kill across the board, so the gunfights last longer. There's a higher emphasis on primary gunfights, and they've now implemented callouts for everything. They want you to be able to know, I got killed by the water tower, and it shows me on the map, hey, this is the water tower. Two things I wanted to point out in that quote, Diddy. More watchable. I know you picked up on this. Cough, cough. Mm -hmm. We own MLG. Cough, cough. We want (laughs) to see this being broadcasted or perhaps theater mode where players could watch and learn. What do you think? I I mean, 6v6, I've always thought is really chaotic, right? And that's why I preferred skirmish, elimination, free-for-all in Destiny and, you know, pretty much in every other game in existence, right? Call of Duty, I guess... With my experience of Call of Duty, I only played up to Black Ops 1. So back then, Call of Duty was 6v6 and just Team Deathmatch, right? But I preferred the Team Tactical playlist, which was 4v4. And now Destiny's going the same route, right? It was originally 6v6 and Control, Clash, all that stuff. And it's just too chaotic, right? It's hard to keep track of six other players on the map, right? And you have five other teammates. And it's just, it's just lots of chaos. But now, 4v4, more watchable, you can really narrow down okay these guys are coming here and now my teammates are going there so i can predict and i can adapt my 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 play style around less people less chaos and i can be more tactical i can be more uh, intelligent about my decisions and you know watching that on twitch you don't have to be like okay he died because that dude spawned no it's it's like okay there's, there's he got the kill he's got three others he's moving that okay i get it it's it's less chaos to keep track of, and that's what makes it more watchable, I think. Yeah, and the increased time to kill it was nice to hear that formally from a developer. I've seen a ton of videos on PvP, and folks hinting at the fact that, hey, there's way less one-hit kill abilities in the arsenal. But to hear directly from the developer, yes, we have increased the time to kill and tuned everything so that you're not going around the corner and getting one shot by something you had no idea that was coming, or getting completely blown over by some guy who activated his super that you didn't know about. Now you've got that really detailed kill feed that says this dude picked up this heavy on this part of the map and this guy just activated Fists of Havoc. So you now have more intel to make your decisions. I don't know, this whole thing gets me super excited as a (laughs) Halo 2, Halo 3 lover. 4v4 and a higher emphasis on a better, more balanced version of PvP, all for it. Let's move on to Lost Sectors. Now, Diddy, we learned that Lost Sectors... You're not going to just see it on your map. You have to discover the entrance first, and they're going to be off the beaten pathway. Then you travel through sort of a dungeon-like experience, fight a boss. Are you really looking forward to Lost Sectors? I mean, is this one of those things that we just have to wait until we've tried Destiny 2? Or is it something you're thinking right away, slam dunk, Bungie's going to nail it? I mean, definitely not slam dunk immediately off the bat. (laughs) I'm definitely intrigued to see how they handle it, but... Like you said, I think this is one of the things, one of the new things we have to wait and see how enjoyable they are. You know, Destiny has those kinds of places, but not really currently. Like I'm thinking the Cosmodrome um, during in where all those airplanes are, right? You kind of go up that one wing and you jump into this cave. 
Yeah, the moth yards. Yeah, and yeah. You jump into that cave, right? And it's like, oh, that's a hidden place, right? I didn't think that would be there. I didn't see that initially, but it's just kind of boring, right? It's just an ultra captain right there, and it's that's just that's just what it is, right? It's not guarding anything, right? So I think if it's like that, it's obviously going to just be a flop, right? But the emphasis they're putting on it, more dungeon-like spaces, you know, I'm thinking Skyrim, I'm thinking uh, Horizon Zero Dawn has areas like this, you know, not necessarily with enemies, right? But they have hidden locations uh, throughout the map where you can find different collectibles, read uh, lore, you can have different, uh, you know, like the the, the ghosts there that uh, you watch their, their memories or whatever. And I think those things are really, really neat and cool. It makes the world you know, more immersive, right? The deeper lore behind certain things. So if it's detailed, I think it's going to be a huge hit. You know, Lost Sector, you're going to see Lost Sector videos pop up. Oh my God, if you go here, you can do this and get this reward. (laughs) And I remember from (laughs) the Destiny beta, more console was putting out like, this is a future war cult patrol mission. This is so cool. And as we play Destiny, it's like, oh, it's just a patrol mission. I don't care who it's from because it doesn't matter. <laughs> but in the yeah. beta, it was like, oh my God, what could this mean? Like a future war cult storyline or whatever. It was it was things like that we have to keep track of, but I'm really excited for. Awesome. Now we did learn from the interview that the Vex have been terraforming Nessus, one of the play spaces we're going to be on the planetoid we talked about last week. Vex have been terraforming it from the inside out. And we know the Cabal went to Nessus in search of a weapon. But that's all we really know. So it sounds to me, Diddy, and I want your take, because you know a little bit more about lore than I do, or PvE side of things. Maybe they're looking for a Vex weapon in particular. Hmm? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, like, uh, when House of Wolves came out, they kind of implemented into the lore that uh, the Fallen were going into the Vault of Glass in search of Vex technology. And something like that, you know, Cabal are trying to maybe mimic the time gates or they have some type of time freezing weapon there. And uh, terraforming, it's it's kind of a weird word for me in terms of the Vex because they're turning the planet into a machine, right? That's what they did with Mercury. And uh, from the inside out, of course, they want to build this planet as their own machine, right? Whatever that machine is used for is the Vex's plan, right? And the Cabal, I think they're searching for that technology and trying to Im- figure out how to implement it into their own uh, arsenal so that they can use it against us. I have a theory, too, about raids in which I think Destiny 1 or <laughs> Destiny 2, vanilla, we're getting a raid, obviously, we know about that. Come the first expansion, if it's the Osiris expansion, and that's rumored to be around, I don't even remember if it's rumor official, I think it, the investor earning call said Christmas time, basically, quarter four. New raid with that one, maybe Vex raid. And then spring, another raid when we get expansion number two. And then I think we're going to have a Taken King style one year kind of expansion with a fourth raid. Kind of rounding out almost four raids in a year, really just three. That's kind of my timeline of thinking. We knew the rumored Cabal raid. We knew about the rumored Vex raid all the way back from the Comet leak back in, what was that, January 2015. Yeah. So my time frame sound totally off base or somewhat plausible no i think it's plausible of course we're assuming that each expansion builds on destiny 2's story and it's like that's right big arc throughout the year unlike destiny 1 where it was just static 
expansions that didn't build on anything. I think it's interesting that they're bringing an Osiris expansion in, and you just made me think about this. Let's think about Osiris in Destiny 1, right? Mercury, Trials of Osiris, when you go flawless, you get access to Mercury, right? And Osiris is this being who apparently was on Mercury at some point. That makes me assume that Osiris is, you know, studying the Vex, right? He is, yep, yep, yep. And with Nessus turning into a machine from the Vex, right? What if that expansion with Osiris is him explaining, this is what they're actually doing. This is the impact that it's going to have if it works, because this is what happened in Mercury, and this is what I found out about the Vex. He's going to be that main point of information for us to learn more about the Vex and their technology and their plans so that we can stop it, right? (laughs) Because the Vex, they want to destroy everything, right? So kind of don't want that to happen if we want to continue to live. So, yeah. Hmm. Good connection there. Now, when we saw the European Dead Zone in the reveal, there was a giant piece of metal sticking out of the ground. And we learned for the interview that that is a shard of the Traveler, which was discarded during the collapse. The shard has been corrupted, and it's now poisoning the forest in the European Dead Zone. I don't know if there's much discussion there. Just pretty cool. I wanted to talk, too, about the weapon mods. Uh, It's a confirmed system coming to the game. We've seen some pictures, obviously, from the reveal of what it looks like when you're hovering over a weapons card. But during the build, nobody could press triangle to actually inspect what the new perk node setup looks like. So they weren't allowed to actually get a better detail on any of the perks. But it looks like for the weapons, uh, the perk selection has been toned quite a bit down with one site perk, one perk tree node, it looks like, and then a weapon mod slot. We don't know what weapon mods could be. Some people are speculating they're going to be cosmetic based, like skin changes or ornament changes, maybe even something like chroma. Or a lot of other people, and I think I'm landing in this camp, think it's performance changes, which is an equipable slot. You throw in my focused fire weapon mod or something like that. I really don't know uh, how weapon mods are going to function, but I'm interested to see about this new system. And then Diddy, I wanted to point out this too. We saw a new Monarchy Sniper. It was one of the hunters running next to the tank, and it was a green Hakka Sniper. And it was green. We've never seen new monarchy weapons being green. Can we change the base weapon colors? That would be super cool. You know, of course, all speculation from from the pictures, but that would be very interesting. It could hint at some changes with the factions as well. Um, Who knows what's going to happen? Hopefully the factions have like very detailed storylines and backgrounds that we can learn about and actually go and expand upon. Uh, One thing I want to mention about the weapon mods, what if it's something like we turned that kinetic weapon into an elemental weapon and then we can use it as that uh, secondary weapon since they're changing the way weapons work, right? You know, I can change Mm -hmm. my my kinetic hand cannon into a void elemental hand cannon. I can use that at the secondary and it can do whatever it does uh, in the elemental slot. I think that is a possibility as well. Yeah, those energy weapons are going to be really cool in PvP. I hear that super pop. I'm swapping over to my... My hand cannon that has got solar on it, and we're taking him down. Um, Let's talk about the new currency we heard about. Actually, first, I want to talk briefly about the new weapon foundry, Vice, because we didn't mention this on last week's show. There is a new weapon foundry. We saw three weapons. They're all very green. We're staying on the topic of green. It's like (laughs) that's the whole color theme. Vice, V-E-I-S-T. There was an SMG. There was a sidearm. And, of course, the sniper rifle everybody has seen in PvP. And the projectile shots, Diddy, even though, let's say it's arc, give off a little greenish mist. So you see the normal arc pellets being fired, but there's almost like a little green smoke that comes out. Looks pretty cool. 
I'm excited to hear and see more about the new weapon foundries coming in Destiny 2. We learn about a new currency called Strange Dust. The description reads this. Remnants of powerful items used to improve or trade for other items. And that is all we know. Uh, will we be using Strange Dust to exchange for other currencies or actual weapons? Is there any relation to Strange Coins since the name is Strange Dust? Will Zer even exist in Destiny 2? How he exists in Destiny 1? I saw a lot of videos of people since it said trade in the actual description used to improve or trade for other items. I don't think this is player-to-player -player trading. I think no. this is literally just a <laughs> currency that's going to be used for some kind of currency exchange. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. I think it's just going to be vendor stuff. Yeah. So I doubt there's going to be player-to-player -player trading, guys. But I don't know. It's a whole new world. <laughs> All right, Diddy. So in one of the shots in the reveal, you can see the glimmer count is 17177. And right next to it is a new currency that we've not seen before. Little purple crystals in the count reads 98. So 98, you can infer, is the Destiny 2 release date, September 8th. So then if you look at the Glimmer count, Diddy, what does that hint at for a possible beta release date? I mean, if you look at it in terms of a date, we can interpret July 17th, 2017. And you know, shout outs to Mesa Sean for, for pointing this out. It's kind of his theory behind it. And it's something that we saw and we're like, oh, yeah, that can make a lot of sense because we all know that Bungie is very into easter eggs right and you know 9 8 being september 8th because we're in america right it's not backwards like uh, every other country in the world um and we're you know september 8th that's the launch date of the console version of destiny 2 july 17th 2017 possible beta i think that is spot on i think that they said summer timeline it's after e3 it gives us a month or two before Destiny 2 launches. I think that I think that makes a lot of sense. I think the beta is sooner than we actually think. And here's why. Do you remember when Age of Triumph was going live? They gave us a date in which we would have six weeks straight of Daybreak Modifier Nightfalls. Mm -hmm. I think that started around July 17th. Don't hold me to it, but I think July 17th could be a time frame for some kind of the blades have come to earth moment in destiny one in which it's a hype up for destiny two and it's some kind of event in not a live event guys but something minor like the wolves are roaming around venus <laughs> why else would we have six straight weeks leading up to destiny two or however many it was of daybreak modifier strikes why would they specify that all the way back then i don't know just my two cents uh, we also learned about a new Trials mode, or I guess it's not new. People are calling it the new Trials mode. The name is Trials of the Nine. This was according to a Reddit leak that went live prior to the Destiny 2 reveal event. It's no longer around. You have to use like the Google cache system to see it. And it had a ton of information in there that all ended up being true. So, Trials of the Nine. Sounds like the Nine Diddy are going to play a bigger role in Destiny 2. And that's all we really know about that stuff. And then things we still haven't heard about, theater or spectator mode. Please have theater. I really, 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 <laughs> really, really, really want theater in Destiny 2. That would be so helpful for like content creators and then just players who want to do cinematic stuff. And remember, you remember campaign theater, Diddy, in Halo 3? The amazing stuff that was made. Just I can't, Raids in Destiny 2, the videos <laughs> and the guides that could be made with a breakaway camera? Oh, yeah. 
third person top down view of an instance or bubble that is in destiny i think that is that's insane and let's go back to the crucible being more watchable point that we said earlier what if you know going to 4v4 was like oh yeah we can actually you know render that a little bit easier so spectator mode is more possible now maybe that's what they're hinting at with more watchable that's of maybe. course i'm just shooting it out there but that could be a possibility. I'm sure they've talked about theater and spectator mode. We don't know if it's confirmed yet or not. So fingers crossed that it is going to be a reality. Oh, man, that would be so great. All right, biggest story of the week, Diddy. This week at Bungie, we got a very detailed set of information from their lead engineer, Matt Sigur, on Destiny 2. And he gave us the full breakdown about dedicated servers. Let's talk about Destiny 2's system. You are yourself in IT, you pay very close attention to this stuff. So break it down for me. So I would highly recommend reading this week at Bungie. We're only going to highlight a few points here. The main points, I think, the nice takeaways from this uh, from this article. But the main point, yes, Destiny 2 does not have dedicated servers. However, they're using a hybrid networking system. What that means is they're going to have some aspects on the server side, and they're gonna have other aspects also use the peer-to-peer that we all know and love slash hate. So to quote Matt here, every activity in Destiny 2 is hosted on one of our servers. Both the mission host and physics host will run on our data centers. So now to put this in perspective, right? Destiny 1, only the mission host was on the server and they, they linked to a uh, Destiny 1 game developer cons, uh, conference talk that they gave about Destiny 1's networking model. And one of the first pictures is beautifully breaking down how they handle mission host, physical physics host, that kind of thing. So in essence, to understand this change that Destiny 2 is implementing, in Destiny 1... The only things that the server would be handling are mission activity hosts and like the the public instance activity host. Um, so for instance, the mission activity host would be like a strike. That information is hosted on the server and the public bubble activity host would be like the Hellmouth instance on, on the moon, right? It'll host those locations. However, the physics host in Destiny 1 where all of the shooting, enemies dying, enemies spawning, that kind of thing, was actually hosted on a player's console. So, for example, when I start a raid, right, I am the party lead on my raid. I have five other fire team members with me, and I start the raid instance, right? I am hosting the physics. I am the physics host for that raid. So that means the five other members of my fire team are connecting to my console to communicate all of their physics with the server. So the server is hosting um, the raid information, such as things like geometry, that kind of thing, you know, different platforms where the enemies will spawn. And then every single, you know, physics action that takes place is communicated to my console and then to the server. So I'm communicating six players information to the server. They're moving the physics host in Destiny 2 to the server, not on a console. So each player will be communicating to the server where the game instance is hosted. So like the raid is being hosted, all that physics, all that information is being connected, uh, communicated directly to 
the server and that is handling everything. So we don't have to rely on that one person's console to communicate all of that networking information across to the server. Each player is going to be sending that information directly to the server. That's fine. That is awesome. So, you know, no dedicated servers. And it's, it, we, we kind of do have the dedicated servers, but we kind of don't because they say that we don't like to use the term dedicated servers because in the gaming community that refers to a pure client server networking model. So like what I was talking about, that person communicating directly to the server, server handles everything. Not necessarily the case here. They're just moving that physics host from the console to the server. That's yeah. that's huge. That is a huge change and that is going to greatly improve Destiny 2's networking connection yeah and we're all going to get to try it in the beta which is pretty awesome there's never going to be a host migration ever again and the only thing that's going to be client side is going to be movement and player ability so the game has a reactive uh really what's the word tactile feel to it and they went on what i was really excited to hear is one of the questions was why did you go with the system was it because dedicated servers were too expensive and they said no we've invested heavily in new server infrastructure for Destiny 2, including using cloud servers for gameplay for the first time, we went with this system because we think it is the best model for Destiny 2. I just want to throw this in here, Diddy, because there's a whole lot more to talk about, especially when they went into the uh, bit about how are you going to combat cheaters in Destiny 2 on PC. But I remember when Halo 5 launched, I couldn't play with some of my Australian friends for a very long time because the server would not allow their level of ping to connect to a West Coast server. And I've played Halo with these guys for years, even in like total mess around playlists. Like since their ping was like 300 MS plus or whatever, the server had a hard cap and said, no, we're not going to let them play with you. And I was I was disappointed because sometimes I want to go play an activity with those guys. It's not going to be ranked. It's not going to be super serious. And so when you think about Destiny 2, this system will let me still play with people from around the U.S. and some of my Australian buddies, too. And I, I look, I get it. In a competitive environment, there should definitely not be people with 400, 500 MS kind of muckying up the experience. But I am kind of glad to hear that I'll be able to play with folks from around the U.S. I'm still not sold until I try it, yeah. but I was really <laughs> pleased that they broke it down. All right, keep going. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, just this one, I guess we could say simple change, even though it's not totally simple, is going to drastically improve everything. So the way I like to think of it is, you know, say you're a farmer, right? And you have a box full of little baby chickens or ducks, right? Yes. And you quack. have the bucket of food, right? I am quack, quack. the server. I have what you want. All six of the fire team members are all screaming at me. Hey, this is what I want. I want this. I want food. Give me, give me, give me, give me. And it's just chaos, right? It's <laughs> it's annoying. Now, Destiny 2, shifting focus. I have a one cage per chicken. I can talk directly to that person. Okay, there's your food. Good. Next, whatever. And it's just more organized, right? <laughs> so the, fundamentally, I'm going to quote here from Matt again. They're trying to strike a balance between three hard problems, right? They want to make the game feel responsive. They want to make the game accessible to all players all over the world, and they want to make the game fair for all. So that's like what you were saying. They don't want to have just dedicated servers where if I'm hosting the server uh, in California, I don't want someone in the UK 
that's in my fire team connecting to that server as well because his ping is going to be his or her ping is going to be just super long right it's just 500 ms ping you know something greater than that is not very good so they're they're doing a hybrid technology peer-to-peer plus the servers hosting those kinds of things so that's i really really like this change like you said it's going to be interesting to see how it feels and how it actually works once we actually start playing the game but one thing i want to mention here in terms of host migration we're talking about there's not going to be any more host migrations in destiny one host migrations happen all the time right so think of a patrol mission you have three players in the patrol one of them is the host of that patrol instance now if that host goes from like the divide to the rocket yards i almost always hit a loading zone there if that host migrates or leaves the area the host has to migrate to a different person in that instance so that it stays live so people can connect to him that's happening, I think they said on the PlayStation 4. Yeah, on the PlayStation 4 and Destiny 1, host migrations happen every 160 seconds. So every two and a half minutes, the host is changing to a different player so that it can just be that shared world experience. It can feel like that one player first person shooter and it can host different instances. So host migrations not gonna happen anymore because they're moving that host up into the server. So I love that change. And last, I'll close out here when they were asked about how are you going to handle PC cheating? That's a big concern of many players. They responded by saying that, hey, they have a variety of top secret strategies to ensure that the life of a cheater in Destiny 2 on PC will be nasty, brutish, and short. And they've also said they've been thinking about how to combat this for years. So obviously, this is something that they've been looking forward to having is a PC release for Destiny 2. And when they say nasty, brutish, and short... I think they're probably going to borrow some of the tech from Overwatch when it comes to perma banning. When Overwatch perma bans you, it's been very difficult, even in buying new accounts for that player to still continue playing. There's some little kernel or something or whatever just gets embedded deep within their system. I don't know how they do it. I don't know if the hacking community has figured out how to combat that. But I remember for the first like four or five months of Overwatch, you had guys thinking you had to get entirely new hardware, like, I need a new MOBO, because somehow (laughs) they figured out this on the back end. I I don't know what it is, but uh, encouraging. I think this kind of communication is a huge change of pace. We've been doing Destiny the Show since, let's see, July or June of three years ago, Diddy. We're coming up on our three-year anniversary, and I'm seeing improved communication from Mungie. Hey, We heard you guys are really concerned about no dedicated servers and the way we communicated that tech to you at the reveal a week and a half ago. So here's a really open, honest talk with our lead engineer about this. And they pretty much answered almost all the questions we had. They even answered, was it too expensive? Why'd you go this way? No, we invested a ton of money in this. We think this is the best way to go. So, yep, exactly. And one point on the expense in the GDC presentation for Destiny 1, they actually did mention, so why aren't we going with dedicated servers? Well, we had to consider cost. Here, they're like, no, we spent the money. We're, we're doing it. So that's, that's good to hear. It is. Time will tell. We want to wait. want to play it. We want to know how it feels, Diddy. Because I still think, and, and they even said at the end, is this going to remove all lag? No, but we're going to try and make it better, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that games was a with great dedicated answer. servers, they have lag. It, it happens, right? It, it's going to happen. Just going to see how it works. So we let, yeah. let's play it. Let's take the beta. Let's see how it works. Let's talk about the networking then when we actually play it. I agree. All right. Very fun show. Diddy, where can people find your content? 
twitter.com slash diddy, D-T-S, D-I-T-T-Y, D-T-S, and youtube.com slash whooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S. You can find us at destinytheshow.com for all the links from today and more. You can follow us on Twitter at Destiny the Show. We're also on Twitch, Destiny the Show again. <laughs> you can follow me at BBK Dragoon on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch, which I've been doing a little bit of streaming there. And hop in our Discord. Join the conversation, discord.me slash destinytheshow, over a thousand members strong. Thanks for listening, Guardians. Have an awesome week. Thank you.